a friend of the show stops by for an in-studio guest appearance by Matt Winsenried to talk about the Madison and Dane County housing market. Next on Give Me Some Truth. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. We are here in the booth today. Yes, I said in the booth. That doesn't always happen anymore with recent work from home and all that that we went through the last few months. But I'm Mitch. We got Nate here in the booth, and we have a special guest, Matt Winsenried. Some of you may have heard Matt's name just from from being in Madison. Maybe you bought or sold a home through him, but he's also been on our podcast before. So Matt knows our our office, and he's also been involved on, on some of the things that we've done on the podcast and social media as well. So Matt, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love uh, having the opportunity to chat with you guys about this stuff, and I love the content that you guys keep putting out. It's just very relevant, and there's substance to the content you put out. So um, even through COVID and the different advice that you, you've been putting out on social media, I've been, I've been eating up myself. So the opportunity to come and chat a little bit more with you guys, specifically around uh, real estate, um, I want to jump at that opportunity. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. if we could do a quick background again, because some of you might be listening for the first time and maybe you haven't heard Matt's name. So Matt is a realtor in town, like he kind of hinted at here. And we, we just thought it was a good time as the real estate market is, is changing a little bit and just wanted to have him back on. So if you could give a quick background, a little bit about you and your team and, and who you work with. Yeah, sure. So I'm with uh, Realty Executives. I run the Matt Windsor Real Estate Partners team. Um, we focus mo- mainly on the west side of Madison, but we do work Dane County wide. And um, I've been selling personally, selling real estate for uh, over 14 years and, and have developed a team over the last uh, seven or eight years and have some awesome quality people working with me. So we have um, four buyer agents and two um, agents that work with both buyers and sellers, myself and and uh, three admin to keep the wheels from from falling off when we get busy like we are right now. So awesome team. Uh, we just opened up a new office space um, in Fitchburg. We're right by the uh, Fitchburg Target next to the Flying Hound. Um, we're really excited about that. It's something that I've been excited about for a number of years to do, and we finally got it uh, got the stars to align to make that work out for us. So, yeah. and I think one of the things we wanted to discuss on this particular podcast. We're here in in June now as of recording. June 2020. And we're just thinking, all right, as we're looking at the second half of this year, what does that look like? So if you have any thoughts on trends going into the second half of the year, what the next six months-ish might look like from your perspective, if you just have any general thoughts, that's kind of what we're hoping to accomplish. So Nate, I don't know if you have any specific questions on that front, but we're just trying to figure out, hey, we're here in June, right? We had the last few months where we're different for, for everybody for various reasons, but Going forward, what does the rest of 2020 look like? Yeah, and I guess just just slightly more specific than that, one thing I would like you to touch on, Matt, is um, when in my history I've, I've been involved in real estate a little bit, and I, I would hear from people that you know once we get into like the second half of the year, it's not a not as good of a time to sell a house. It's not you know the the prime peak season has passed. You know March April May is over now. I mean, again, kind of uh, answering Mitch's question, but then specifically kind of speak to that idea of you know it's not a good time the second half of the year to sell a house. Yeah, so uh, as everybody knows, 2020 is a crazy year. Um, one will look back at um, years down the road and still try to m- make uh, heads and tails of what happened. But with the real estate market, uh, it's not the normal trends that you'll see um, on a normal year. So the housing market normally just takes off in in uh, March, April, and May, like you said. And um, 
uh, March and April, the world was uh, uh, turned upside down, and we're trying to figure out new new uh, normal. And so a lot of sellers decided to hold off, rightfully so, hold off letting uh, people into their home, and they decided to hold off even selling um, in general. So things got kind of slow. There's still a lot of buyers in the market, so it actually created um, uh, a really active market for those few homes that are on the market. Just a lot of people that needed to move to town because of work or um, other reasons that were bringing them in town that they needed to find a place. So it actually made things even tougher uh, um, for for buyers. Um, and so what we think that's it's going to happen and, and what, what we're already starting to see is that sellers that would have sold, put their house on market in April and in May are starting to come on the market now. They're feeling a little bit more comfortable having people in their homes. And we're taking precautions, and we can get into that at, at a different point if we want, um, to make sure everybody's safe. But uh, th those sellers are coming on the market now instead of earlier in the, in the spring like we're used to seeing. And so we just think that the market is going to be a little bit more consistent throughout the summer and the fall than what we're used to seeing. So a lot of times you get to um, mid-July mid and you start seeing things taper off a little bit. A lot of people found their home that they want to get into before the school year or they want to start focusing on their uh, vacations and stuff for the summer and they're not out looking at homes as often um, or, or looking to buy because they've already found something. So um, we think this year, because people are going to be staying around, not as many people going on vacations, um, homes that weren't on the market are starting to come on the market now. It's going to even things out through the rest of the um, rest of the, the, the spring and summer. And, and I think that's going to be a good thing, at least for realtors, because it can get so um, seasonal that come fall and, and uh, winter, it gets really, really quiet. And I think um, to have that spread out a little bit will just have us be able to um, give better service to our clients that we're not kind of running around trying to keep um, keep all these transactions together that, that we have a good flow of them throughout the uh, throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall. And I know we can speak more about the, the inventory piece, and I know that the inventory um, issue, I guess, is, uh, is what we'll refer to it today um, in regard to just not enough houses for sale um, for the number of buyers that are looking for houses. And that's one thing I really enjoy about the real estate market is that it's it kind of displays um, kind of the, the basic economic principles of, of supply and demand so well. I mean, mm -hmm. when there's an imbalance, it's so glaringly obvious that there was an imbalance both ways, right? If there's not enough inventory, if there's too much inventory. Um, so I find that really interesting about the real estate market, but, and this is a really hard question. So bear with me on it. You, you were saying earlier before uh, we even started recording that the hot price range or the hottest, if I will, price range is probably between what, 300 and 450 maybe. Is that, is that probably right? Somewhere in that neighborhood? Yeah. I mean, the hottest, I th say anything under 400. Okay. Um, really. And then from four to five is kind of the gray area that you'll start seeing a little bit more inventory out there. Um, still some good demand, but, um, a, a few more options available. And then um, from 500 on up, it, again, it's still good, but uh, more options to choose from, a f fewer buyers in that in that pool. Um, but yeah, if you have anything in the Madison area that's um, yeah under under 400, things are moving really well for so you. So let me ask you an impossible question, because <laughs> um, you're a genius, so we're gonna have you to ask you a hard question, because softball questions are not allowed in here. So um, Dane, Dane County, take it, right? How many more 400 and under, 400,000 and under homes would need to be for sale right now for the market to be balanced. In other words, it would 10 more? Does there need to be 100 more? Does there need to be 500 more? I mean, what what is that number? Help people understand what we're talking about when we say demand in that price range. Um, and again, if it's if it's not 
if it's not something you can accurately answer, we get it. But I, I'm just curious myself as to, you know, what, what it would take from an inventory standpoint to balance things out or at least get it more in line with where it should be. Yeah, no, that's, I would be a genius if I can answer that question uh, right off the top of my head. And I, I could cu- calculate that and punch it out. But right now, inventory, uh, months of inventory, what we like to look at um, as far as just seeing if it's a uh, balanced market um, or not. We like to say six months of, of inventory is a balanced market. We're hovering right around two, and it varies different with different price ranges, but in all price ranges in, in Dane County, we're hovering right around two months of inventory. So for us to even just get back to balance, uh, we'd have to have like, 500 homes hit the market. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's in the county. In the county, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's... Holy God. We're, we're, we're and in that price range away. or overall? Pardon? In that price range or overall? No, overall. Overall, overall yeah. 500 more homes would need to be on the market right now. And again, that's off the top wow. of my head. So, we can, we can punch numbers later and, and come back maybe in the comments of the podcast. I'll give you a more accurate number. But yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea, it's just a lot would have to happen. Even when COVID first hit and things just went on pause right away, um, Obviously, it was concerning, but I wasn't overly concerned because a lot would have to happen for for our housing market to even swing to uh, a, a balanced market, much less a buyer's market, where we'll start seeing values come down. I had a couple clients right away um, pull out of um, purchases because they thought values were going to drop 15% um, right away with everything that happened. And we've only seen values increase since all this. Like I was saying, there's been such a demand wow. for the fewer homes that are on the market values have continued to go up. So, um, yeah, there's just so many buyers out there. Madison economy, we're, we're strong. I'll let you guys speak to that a little bit better um, if you'd like. But uh, the, the amounts of uh, active, qualified buyers out there are, are such that um, we just need to have more, more sellers come on the market, more developers coming on the market, developing neighborhoods. Um, all that would have to happen. Or one of the main major companies would have to go out and um, knock on wood, we're not in a position that that would happen, but uh, American Family, Epic, Exact Sciences, I mean, one of those would have to take a really significant hit, and I think all of those are doing great in, in COVID land right now with, with what they're doing to, to help hospitals and, and insurance companies are, are there to, to help their customers. So I, I feel right now, sitting here in June 1st of, of 2020, that um, things are looking good for Madison in our market, and a lot would have to happen to, to change that. Yeah, and, and a lot of buyers, it sounds like, at first they thought that well, maybe they get a discount, so to speak, right? And you kind of hinted at that a little bit, but because of supply and demand, right, that home values are still rising, right? And as a buyer, I know you're not a lender, but are, are buyers also just eager to lock in these new interest rates? And, and could you just speak to that a little bit as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so interest rates right now are hovering around 3%, which is incredible. And yeah, people... Um, rightfully so, think that those are eventually going to go up. And so to be able to lock in uh, money that affordably uh, is almost a no-brainer. If you're in the market to buy something, you might as well do it now. Low interest rates coupled with how fast uh, values are going up, if you can buy something sooner than later, that's just going to be better for your, your bottom line for what your monthly payment's going to look like. If you wait another year and interest rates starts creeping up and values go up another 5 8 10%, uh, you can. You're just going to be able to afford less. So um, a lot of buyers understand that, and that's what's pushing this this buyer demand is that um, these interest rates are incredible. And then, oh, go for it, Nate. No, I was, it, it's interesting because I don't think people remember um, what a, a, a high supply uh, market looks like. Right? It's been such a heavy demand market for so long with low inventories. 
I mean, it's got to be, you know, at least at least a half a dozen years now, is it not? I mean, if you think about kind of when when the last time we had a, a correct balance of inventory. I mean, yeah, yep. So you're right. Probably six. I'd even say even longer, longer than that, eight, maybe 10 years, uh, probably eight years ago that um, that we saw uh, the reversal happening and uh, where it was such a heavy buyer's market that, yeah, where we um, work with buyers or that. You're writing some pretty low offers, and and you don't want to feel like you're taking advantage of people. But in uh, in on the flip side, sellers had to sell, and so they were happy to work with any offer that we would give them. So um, neither market is great. I mean, we have a hard time. We have great clients that we absolutely love working with, and it's just frustrating when we can't find them a home. Um, and on the flip side, when we're trying to sell a home uh, in a market where it's it's heavily a buyer's market, that's challenging. When I tell you, hey, it might take you know eight ten months to sell your home. Um, and you're trying to make plans on relocating to, to Colorado or wherever, and, and we can't really pin down a specific uh, time frame as to when we're going to have your home sold. So um, there's challenges in both markets. A balanced market would be great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that. Thankfully, I've been in the industry long enough where I've, I've uh, navigated the obstacles of a buyer, heavy buyer's market and now navigating the obstacles of a heavy seller's market. And we still find success for our clients both ways. There's just different strategies and different things you have to do with both sides of those markets. So we kicked this podcast off asking for just some thoughts and trends on the next six months, we'll call it, you know, through, through the rest of 2020. However, if we go a little beyond that, what does the spring of 2021 look like in your opinion do you think it will kind of quote unquote snap back to normal or or what will that look like you think a little beyond that six month time period yeah as long as you know as we're sitting here today nothing more major happens i I imagine that we're going to snap right back to a normal market uh next year interest rates will still be low so that's going to drive people um to want to take advantage of that um sellers will sell reasons to to sell whether they're they're getting sick of looking at their four walls from being uh, at the safer at home order and, and need some more space or realize that they need a better backyard so they can play out in it when they're stuck at home or need more of a home office than they currently have. So I think that's going to push uh, people to want to sell. And then that's just going to keep that market going. Uh, again, if, if our major corporations here in town continue to do well and, and, and um, uh, bring in employees, then that's just going to keep that buyer demand um, strong and keep it as seller's market. So I'd imagine the yeah, trends next year should look more similar to what we're used to, where the early part of the, the um, spring, like April, May, June, will be pretty active. And, and then after that, it'll still be still be good. But then we'll start seeing that normal slowdown into the fall and into the winter. You bring up a really interesting point, and this could probably be a whole different podcast in and of itself, but how buyers' preferences are changing, I think, is what I took from some of that, right? Maybe you need an extra bedroom that is also kind of a hybrid home office, right? People might be working from home more frequently. Maybe they want the bigger yard. So what does that look like in Dane County from what you're seeing from the buyer side of what are people now looking for? from, you know, maybe, maybe it's a fallout a little bit from this working from home, safer at home order. What are you seeing? Yeah, I think that will be the trend more. We're not quite seeing that yet. I think that's going to take a little bit of time for people to, to start realizing that that's, uh, let's pay more attention to specifics of what our needs might be now that we might not go into the office as often. Um, and so, uh, right now we're just looking for people or people are just looking for homes on a certain part of time, town, um, in their price range, and they're kind of happy just to find whatever's there uh, that's not falling in on them. So if it has an extra room for an office um, already, um, awesome. If not, they'll figure out a way to make it work. That's just where we are right now with this lack of inventory. Is just 
buyers can't be overly picky. But um, as things progress and, and as people realize, like, I am going to be working from home more often, um, then I am going to need more of an office uh, setup. You know, I want to make sure I'm not in my bedroom for these Zoom calls anymore. Let me get a better um, space, whether that means remodeling the basement to put in an office space down there or uh, making an outdoor space where you can work work from outside on, on these nice spring days. Um, I think that's going to be more and more of uh, a trend moving forward as people realize that that um, life's going to change, the work life is going to change a little bit, and we're going to have to bring some of that into into their home. Well, I know the advisors at Wagner Condon definitely made some some updates, very much considering the background of their Zoom calls. I had to hang something on the wall, you know, make mm-hmm. sure it kind of looked a little bit of some contrast instead of just plain, boring white. I know Clint threw up some wallpaper in his home office, so then, again, provide a little bit of a, a different splash on the, mm-hmm. on the Zoom call. So it's really interesting. I mean, that's not a buying a home decision, but it's something I noticed. And even some of my clients have made comments on, Oh, you know, is that, is that your office is that home office? Like, what does that look like? You know, they're just kind of curious on, on what that looks like. So. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think that's a trend that will start. People will just be more mindful of like, Hey, I might need a room where I'm going to, you know, um, set up my office in for a longer period of time. It's more than just throw a desk where you gather your bills and, and throw your, you know, throw your laptop on at the end of the day or something, but something that's a more of a solid setup and, and, kind of feel more comfortable. So I think that is something that people will, will gravitate towards uh, here in the in the future. And I know you're not a, a builder yourself, but from the standpoint of new construction, can you just touch on that uh, part of the market a little bit um, just in regard to inventory there and prices and demand and things like that? I mean, are we seeing an adequate amount of building? Is there not enough building going on? I mean, what does that look like right now? Yeah, there's not enough building going on. There's a couple of major players in town that are that are pushing through and doing well, and I think uh, a lot of other smaller ones uh, again had concerns um, and decided to hold off on building just to see what the economy was going to do. So um, there is demand for uh, new construction homes, uh, and so I think uh, as people uh, builders get more comfortable on their feet, um, they'll they'll get back to producing. There's there's a little bit of bottlenecks with with certain municipalities and Madison being one of them as far as getting um, permits pulled and getting per, um, yeah getting everything squared away that way. So um, that's slowed down things a little bit. But um, overall, yeah, we, we would need more. Uh, we'd still need just more homes in general, whether it's new construction or existing homes. But I think it's a great opportunity for builders to find some affordable land to build some some properties there. And, uh, and lastly, we'll get you out on this one. Um, can you speak just a little bit to the people that are in the condo market? I mean, what does the condo market look like in Madison and in Dane County right now? And, um, you know, is it, is it as hot as the housing market? I mean, um, similar, obviously, in a lot of ways, but, but also has its own unique challenges. Yeah, so um, during 2008 and the, the Great Recession, uh, the condo market definitely took a, a hard hit. And so people were really nervous about um, building new condos again because of how hard it, it, it um, was affected uh, during the recession and, and even back into 2006. Um, and so because of that, there's just not a lot of new new construction condos. And so there's, again, there's a desire for housing of any kind. Uh, and condos right now are selling really well because the few of them that are available um, you know, there, there's not many options for the, those ones either. So if I was a developer, I'd look for opportunities to build build condos. Now there's financing ch- challenges with that because banks also felt the effects of of um, 
financing condos and are a little more hesitant to get in to, to finance them now. Um, but there's there's creative opportunities around that um, to make sure that you can get buyers into these new construction condos. But um, yeah, it is definitely a, a, normally a different market, but right now people are just looking for housing of any kind. And if they can't find something with the yard, they're, they're happy to find a condo that that would just still suit their family needs. So the vast majority of big buildings that are being built in the Madison area right now are apartment. That is, those are not condo developments. Correct. Yep. Those okay. a lot of those luxury luxury um, apartments. Now I don't know if any of them have it in mind to do a conversion down the road, or they set it up where where utilities and everything can be just transferred over to specific units. Um, but yeah, mo- most the good majority of the building that you're seeing around town is is um, apartments. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Matt, thanks for coming in. Again, this is Matt Winsenreed, and second time on the podcast? At least, yeah. Second mm-hmm. time? Third time, maybe? I like to say I'm a friend of the show. Friend yes, of the show. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll also throw out there that uh, right after this, we're going to record a Facebook Live with Matt. Um, different topic. We're going to talk about um, a little bit more specific on, uh, on how COVID is uh, uh, affecting the market and some tips for buyers and sellers um, in, in that uh, space. So be aware of that. So thanks again for joining to all the listeners and tell a friend, tell a friend to check in on a new podcast. Give me some truth and we will see you next time. services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.